0: Could some players coming back that are currently on the TCU roster at linebacker help out this defense in 2023? We'll talk about that, as well as the Pac-12 might have found a partner for their new TV deal. All that coming up on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. Back on YouTube today, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also subscribe wherever it is you get your favorite podcast. A quick favor for you guys, you either comment here on YouTube or you can tell me at SimcoxSteven on Twitter. Um, Does the audio sound better today? I've been bothered by my audio quality the last few weeks. And so I've been changing some things with my setup. I think what I've done most recently has been the most helpful. It sounds cleaner to me, but I was curious what you guys think. Does the audio sound better today than it has in the past? Let me know in the YouTube comments or let me know on Twitter. Again, that's at SimcoxSteven is where you can find me on social media. I want to talk the linebacker position today. Last week, we looked at running back uh, more deeply and who might be taking the place of Kendra Miller, so we're going to focus on the defense today and that linebacker position. Losing D. Winters, that's obviously huge. I think this linebacker room, though, is set up really well, and it really clicked for me the other day <clears throat> because of some players that are coming back from injury. It's not transfers. It's not necessarily additions that they're going to have, but it's guys that um, in one case was briefly part of – you know, the team during the season. And another case was hurt before the season and they will be on the field in 2023. And the first one is Terrence cooks. So Terrence cooks was one of the first transfers that Sonny Dykes got when he took the job here at TC was a linebacker from Texas four-star player, originally from shadow Creek, which is one of the better high schools in the Houston Pearland area Um, had an impressive high school resume, 2019 five, a D one, First-team selection at linebacker, helped Shadow Creek to a 16-0 record. They won a state championship that year. Uh, And then, you know, was recruited by Texas, signed with Texas. Really good size, really good athleticism. saying at 6'2", 218 pounds. He had to have surgery, had an arm injury. Uh, I believe he suffered it during spring camp or during early in fall camp and missed the entire season. So he was not a factor, but he was one of the higher-rated players. Coming in, You know, Johnny Hodges was also a player that transferred in from Navy, uh, but his name was we didn't hear as much in the preseason. It really wasn't until the season started. And of course, he did an outstanding job for TCU all year long, especially in the run game. But with Hodges and and Jamoy Hodge, you have two guys that are kind of like old school linebackers. I said this. During the season, I think that both those guys should be required to wear neck rolls because they just have that—they have that kind of '90s vibe to them. They're physical. They get downhill. They can make plays in the run game. Obviously, Jamoy is a dude that brings the wood and can really light people up. Um, and so those those players on the inside are really valuable to have. You also have Shad Banks coming back, who you know had to step up at different times due to the injury situation. Um, and I think his athleticism was really helpful. I felt like it stood out in the Baylor game, getting sideline to sideline. He could do that well. So you add in Cook's to that equation, and then you also add in Marcel Brooks. And Marcel has been um, such a conversation point since he joined the team because, like, he was a consensus five-star player coming out of high school, um, was a contributor on that national championship team that LSU had back in 2019 that was so good with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and – All those guys, Justin Jefferson, the list goes on. And he was kind of a you know situational pass rusher for them and made some plays. And so we got here at TCU, and everybody was excited about what he could do with this defense. First season was a COVID year, didn't play a whole lot. Um, And then they tried to move him into wide receiver. That didn't work. This past season, though, he was there at that linebacker spot. He got hurt in fall camp, actually came back and played a little bit, made a huge tackle in that Kansas game and a little swing route in that final drive for KU, where he was able to chase down the running back and um, bring him down before he turned the corner and went off to the races. Um, but Marcel is one of those players that has shown so much potential. It's really just a question of whether or not he can stay healthy. He seemed to be a great leader for this team, though. He was super engaged. He was very involved in what they were doing. And so Brooks and Cooks are two players that come in, and I think, are going to complement Johnny Hodges and Jamoy Hodge really well. Because at times, I do feel like um, this defense missed some of that sideline-to-sideline side speed and athleticism that Terrence Cooks and Marshall Brooks could bring to the table, uh, along with Shad Banks. Thomas Armstrong will also be coming back from injury. So you have some serious depth there. You know, one problem for this team at that position last season was that they just didn't have a lot of bodies. You know, the injury bug really hit that uh, position group hard. And so by by the end of the season, when Johnny Hodges was out, Um, They were having to piecemeal things together just to make it work. I think they're going to be a lot healthier this year, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, And those two players coming in, it's almost like you're bringing in a couple transfers because they didn't get to play last season because of the injury situation. And so I think it could be a huge boost for this defense. Um, I I really like where this defense is at. I I feel like a lot hinges on this D-line. Can some of these young guys step up? Um, You know, somebody like Paulo Wale will be in year two. Can he make a jump? or even some of these freshmen. I don't know, it's a tough ask. We thought with Dominic Williams last year, coming in as a true freshman playing nose tackle, but I don't want people to think that's the norm because it's not necessarily is, but you have some highly rated recruits like Avion Carter and Marcus Deal, um, who were recruited by big time schools, had big time offers, you ever land them, could they possibly be in the rotation this year? But the back end of this defense, I think is gonna be really good. You have the linebackers coming back, you have a couple, you know, Somewhat new additions because of the injury situation that I've laid out there. And then at that corner spot, Josh Newton coming back, Avery Helm, who's coming over from Florida. and I I don't really know why people haven't talked about him more. Like this is a dude that started in the SEC and covered a lot of great wide receivers um, in the best conference in America. So I think he's going to step in and be a day one starter be really good for this team. Also brought in two really good corners from the Juco ranks in Channing Kenda and Mason White. Pretty much all your safeties are coming back with more experience. All these guys are going to be coming back with a better understanding and hopefully faster processing of Joe Gillespie's defense, like the potential of this defense, and excited to see what they can do at the linebacker position. When we come back, um, the Pac-12 might be nearing a deal – with a new streaming network, we'll talk about that and what it could mean for the Big 12 moving forward. Before we do that, though, let's talk about FanDuel. FanDuel is the official betting partner of the NBA. During football season, we talked, of course, about how involved they are with the NFL. They have an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored in threes strains And you might be saying, Stephen, I don't want to use my money and I want to bet my money. I'm not in a situation to do that. Totally understand. But if you want to give it a try, FanDuel is doing a cool promotion right now, um, bonus bets. So if you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on, you can sign up for a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you put as little down as $5. So hey, you know you don't have to make a huge investment. Five bucks can get you, you know, up to $1,000 potentially in bonus bets. You can... Bet on the money line. You can bet on different parlays. They have very specific parlays, like who's going to hit two three pointers in the first three minutes of an NBA game. Player props, points, rebounds, assists, etc. It's all there on FanDuel, and they let you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a payout with a same-game parlay. Um, it's the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Make Sportsbook app. Excuse me. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, I am Stephen Simcox, host of Lockdown Horn Frogs here. We were talking about the linebacker position and segment one. Um, also want to discuss now the the constant changing, you know, moving news of realignment. And so we talked a lot about <clears throat> the Pac-12 <clears throat> in recent weeks and sort of where they are as a conference um, and, and the fact that different – Networks are sort of dropping out, like CBS and Turner have apparently bowed out of the Pac-12 sweepstakes. Um, ESPN has also said, you know what, we've kind of made our best offer. We're going to sit back and see what you come up with. The Pac-12 is visiting other schools, desperately trying to maybe add teams, add universities to increase their revenue shares, to increase the profitability of the league. Um, But they have this constant problem. The Big 12 already went to market. They got a deal done just under, you know, $31 million for each school. And so all of these networks are looking at the situation and saying, hey, why should we give you more? What do you have to bring to the table? And George Klykoff, you know, promised big time money for these Pac-12 schools has not been able to deliver deliver on that promise so far. And so a new uh, suitor emerged reportedly Yesterday, as Apple TV Plus is apparently interested in the Pac-12 and might soon enter into negotiations with them. You know, the fascinating thing about streaming is, and we talked about this with Amazon, Amazon wasn't interested in taking on like a whole Pac-12 package, uh, meaning they were going to carry all these games. They just kind of wanted one game a week. And that seemed to be the path for the Pac-12 is maybe get something with Amazon and then with ESPN, you know, linear cable route as well, mix and match and hope the numbers add up um if I don't think they're gonna go exclusively streaming even in you know today's modern world where less and less people have cable people are still watching sports on cable more than they are on streaming sites and stream you know all these streaming one-off uh networks that companies are doing they're not profitable yet they're still losing money I think eventually they will be but to this point they haven't become profitable And you'd be asking Pac-12 fans, Pac-12 members, okay, you got to get an Apple TV Plus subscription now. Um, It's just still not the popular thing to do. Conference USA a few years back, they did a major media rights deal with Stadium, which I don't really know anything about Stadium. I don't know how to access it. I know Brett McMurphy used to write for them. It was somehow combined with the Action Network. Um, But Conference USA is now backed fully on ESPN because what they realized is Nobody knows what, what this app is. Nobody knows how to find it. They don't want to download it. They don't want to pay for it. And so the visibility of our games was really taking a hit. And I think even Apple TV+, Plus, which is um, doing some stuff with Major League Baseball, weekly games they're doing, uh, they're soon going to enter in a deal with MLS. So they're in the live sports world. This is not going to be a completely foreign concept to them. You're still going to lose some visibility if you go primarily the streaming route. Um, it's also just kind of hard to like – like there's issues with streaming – you know, it lags a little bit, so you can find out online what's happening before you watch it. Sometimes that actually makes me—that helps me when I'm nervous about a game. But I know people don't don't love that. Uh, it's also harder to like navigate because if you're going to go flip to something else, you got to exit the stream, get out of that app, go to you know go to a channel, go to another app, and then you have to come back. And so it's it makes it difficult to flip back and forth. I think you'll also lose casual viewers because you don't necessarily have you know the the traditional way that people watch TV, you're flipping around channels and say, Oh, UCLA. And well, that's not a good example. Cause they're about to leave Washington state and Arizona state are on, let me stop down on this for a little while. Um, if somebody's watching Ted Lasso, they might not necessarily stop down on that if they're searching for something else or if they're in a different headspace when they, you know, come to watch a movie or a TV show. And so I think it's going to be an uphill battle for the PAC 12. Now there's still a lot of talk about the big 12 poaching different teams I've heard some rumblings about Washington and Oregon. I think that's a pipe dream. I feel like Washington and Oregon are holding out for the Big Ten. They're holding out for a Big Ten invite. They're going to roll with the Pac-12 for now. And I still think even these four corner schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah are at least going to see what the numbers are before they make any move. They're going to allow this to play out and see what the TV numbers are before they decide to do anything. I do feel like there's an opportunity there for the Big 12. But I don't think it's going to come until we see what exactly the Pac-12 is getting. Now, if, if their deal ends up being significantly less than what the Big 12 schools are uh, are, are paid, then yes, I feel like they'll probably make that job. But it's it's got to be – like it has to be a, a money issue. It's not just going to be about visibility. It's not going to be about like culture fit. It's really just about the dollars and the cents with these TV deals. And that's an unfortunate reality of college football. Because I know as fans, we don't really care about that as much. But that's kind of the the you know the moving and shaking that we're seeing right now. So we'll see what happens. I think there's a lot of doom and gloom. I still feel like the Pac-12 will find something. I don't believe it'll be as much as the Big 12 did. And then I think there'll be an opening for some movement. Uh, but things don't look good right now. And it seems like uh, the powers that be in the Pac-12 promise, made promises that they haven't been able to keep. Uh, post the departure of USC and UCLA, and it could hurt them moving forward. We'll close up shop here in a minute on Lockdown Horn Frogs. All right, final thing here for you: um, TCU baseball they take on UTA tonight. I'm curious to see who gets the start. You know, there's been a couple freshman pitchers who have not made an appearance yet, um, and so I would think one of those guys would get an opportunity uh, to pitch against the Mavericks tonight. These midweek games. I mean, they're important. You want to get some guys that typically don't play on the weekend sometime, but you also want to make sure that you're playing well and that you win these games because if you lose, it can really hurt, hurt your RPI, it can hurt your tournament chances, it can hurt your chances at hosting a regional. Um, so these are important games to win. Also would like to see this team bounce back and play a clean game after that disaster against Missouri where they had five errors. I would guess Luis Rodriguez is a freshman from Long Beach, California, who made a lot of noise in the fall. I think he'll probably take the bump, but I don't have, you know, any huge insight that's just kind of me projecting and guessing going into uh, this game. But we'll have a recap of that tomorrow, um, and we'll have some more uh, fun stuff coming up on Locked on Horn Frogs throughout the week. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. It's